Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the 60 Feet, 6 Inches LSU podcast. As always, thank you for joining me. A little bit different setup this time, but sometimes you got to make things uh, work on the fly as I'm traveling for work, but we're going to get this pod out to you anyway. So in this episode, this is a preview episode of the upcoming SEC series as LSU travels to the Plains to face the Auburn Tigers. As always, on the preview episodes, I will give you some key SEC stats for both teams. Who are the key Auburn hitters and pitchers that you need to be aware of? The three keys to victory for the weekend for the LSU Tigers. Who's going to make the get right, stay right list? Then finally, the series prediction. As always, you can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, all the other major audio platforms. Make sure to check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel. I'm going to start trying to do some different things with shorter content to where I release a big preview, a big review, and then maybe cut up different segments. Hopefully, um, Y'all will like some of the shorter content available out there. And then finally, the Twitter page. Hit that notifications bell. Interact with me on Twitter at 60FT6INLSUPOD. All right, let's get into it. LSU defeats Southeastern last night. It was a cluster because nobody could watch that game. So I was preparing for the podcast, looked at it a little bit in terms of uh, the internet and the live stats Southeastern had going, then caught some of the audio, not a ton. But LSU rebounds from two midweek losses to beat the Lions 10 to nothing. It seemed like the pitching did good as Gavin Gidry got the start. I knew Blake Money threw. He came out with an apparent injury. Uh, Buckman threw and then finally looked like Ackenhausen shut it down as LSU uh, wins in 10-run rule fashion. Dugas with a home run. Tommy White with a home run. That's really all I'm going to give you on that game. So I'm not going to have a huge, massive breakdown on LSU versus Southeastern. But with that win, the Tigers moved to 36-8. and on the season they are 15 and 5 in the sec which is good for first in the sec west looking at their opponent for this weekend the auburn tigers auburn comes in 25 18 and 1 they do not have a midweek game this week they are 9 and 12 in the sec which is tied for third along with alabama and texas a&m in the sec west so how did auburn get to 9 and 12 well they lost series to arkansas alabama A&M. They also won series against Georgia and State. And then they came off of a very surprising series win this past weekend as they take two out of three from the South Carolina Gamecocks. In my my Auburn preview episode, I had those guys going 12 and 18. I didn't think they would have a very good year. Uh, They'll probably finish a little bit above that, but not massively above that. I just didn't think they had any uh, pitching returning. And they really didn't hit the transfer portal very hard at all. I was high on one of their freshmen that were coming in, and they have a very veteran lineup, just like we saw with Alabama. They have a very old team in terms of grad students, fifth-year seniors, you know, guys that have been around the block for a while. But we're going to get into the hitters and pitchers in a second. First, let's look at some stats. And once again, these are always very telling to me. Now, remember, at the 60 Feet, 6 Inches pod, at this time of the year, we were doing SEC stats only because to me – that's who you're going to play in a regional, in a super regional, and I don't really care what you do against Southeastern. I care how you do against Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. You get the picture. SEC stats only. LSU continues to remain second in batting average at 285. They are first in the SEC at slugging and on base percentage, and they are first at run scored. Now, when you look at Auburn, they are 12th out of 14 teams when you look at their batting average. In the SEC, the Tigers are hitting 253. They are 12th in on-base percentage. They do not walk a lot at all. 
Actually, they had the second fewest amount of walks in SEC play for their hitters now. But they strike out a bunch. They have the fourth most strikeouts when you look at Auburn's hitters compared to the rest of the SEC in conference games. So if you're an LSU pitcher, you got to be excited, right? We've seen where teams have tried to drive up other uh, of the LSU pitchers' pitch count. Um, A&M took a lot of walks. Uh, Alabama pushed the pitch count pretty high. So did Ole Miss. Think about Paul Skeens. We'll get into him in a second. But they're aggressive. They don't like to walk, and they're going to swing the bats as they tend to strike out quite a bit. Auburn also has the second-worst batting average versus right-handed pitchers at 242 in the conference. So once again, that should play into the LSU pitching staff's hands. When you look at LSU hitting, they are the second best team in the SEC at getting the leadoff hitter on base. We've harped on that this year on the 60 feet, 6 inches pod. That's oh so important when you get the leadoff hitter on, whether by walk or by hit. Now, this statistic doesn't break it out, but LSU's leadoff hitters are getting on 42.7. We'll call it 43, 43% of the time. That's just going to lead to your ability to generate runs. LSU also leads the SEC in two-out RBIs. So extending innings, getting big hits, driving in runs when the other team thinks they're about to get off the field. Massive job by LSU in that category. Now moving over to some pitching statistics. Once again, uh, SEC games only. And look, this is a complete mess for Auburn. They are not very good when it comes to pitching. And their pitching's up in the air. It's just, it's something. I'll tell you that. Regardless of what they did last weekend against South Carolina, here are some of their pitching statistics. They are 12th worst in SEC games when you look at team ERA. They have a 7.47 team ERA. Now, when you look at the season, their season ERA is not any better, really. It is, but it's not great. 6.38 on the season, totality of games. Auburn has the second worst batting average against for a pitching staff. Opposing teams are hitting 296 against their pitching staff. Dudes are hitting almost 300 against the Auburn staff this year. That is crazy. Auburn, their pitching staff in SEC games, they are allowing the most walks per nine innings. They average 7.27 walks per nine innings. They're giving away seven free passes. That fits right into LSU's hitting plan in terms of what they want to do. You know how Jay Johnson likes to um, extend ABs, get into that bullpen, win the free base war, he calls it, with regards to walks and hit by pitch. And Auburn is going to give you exactly that. They're only striking out 8.95 hitters per nine innings, so let's call it nine. So when you look at SEC games, Auburn's pitchers striking out nine hitters per game, walking seven. That looks great for LSU heading into the weekend. We mentioned their batting average against with two outs. I just told you LSU's hitters lead the SEC in two at RBIs. Auburn's pitching staff with two outs. They have a 297 batting average against. By contrast, LSU's pitchers have a 237 batting average against with two outs. So don't walk away from your TV. Don't walk away from the radio with two outs against Auburn this weekend because LSU has a chance to put up some crooked numbers and drive in some runs. Um, in terms of pitching categories for LSU, I know it's been a topic of discussion. Look, they're middle of the road in terms of all the SEC pitching categories, but they still lead the conference in strikeouts, mainly due to Paul Skeens as he leads the country in strikeouts, as he has been amazing this year for the Tigers. And then I found this interesting, too. LSU has turned the least amount of double plays in SEC games. I believe that totals eight, which is crazy. They've only turned eight double plays in 
seven weekends of conference action. All right, let's get into some of the key Auburn hitters on the weekend. And as I told you, I wasn't high on their pitching, but I did have some respect for some of their hitters. But I really, I really only knew about two or three guys that they had returned. Remember, they made the College World Series last year. They had Sonny Deshara, who was really fun to watch hit. They had some other guys at the top of that order that could do some damage. But here are some guys you really need to be aware of. And actually, the, the interesting thing is um, they pretty much they're going to stick with the same lineup Friday, Saturday, Sunday, same batting order as well. They don't change anybody around when I looked at the box scores from previous weekends. Bobby Pierce, he is hitting 373 on the year with five home runs. He's going to hit third in that Auburn Tigers lineup. Another guy that's done really well, a freshman, his name is Ike Irish. He's going to be your DH on the weekend. He is hitting 370 on the year with three home runs. He's going to hit second for the Tigers. Two guys that you really need to pay attention to. And these guys have done great in SEC play. Bryson Ware, he is going to hit fifth for Auburn. He's hitting 347. He leads the team in home runs with 18. He leads the team in RBIs with 52. His Bash brother is Cooper McMurray, who is a Kansas transfer. He is hitting 306 on the year with 12 home runs. And then following one or two other guys you need to be aware of, Cole Foster is hitting 327 with seven home runs. And also a guy that's kind of brought a lot of energy to the team is leadoff hitter Chris Stanfield. He's also a freshman along with Ike Irish, but Chris Stanfield is hitting 311 on the year. In terms of Bryson Ware and Cooper McMurray, the two big power guys in the middle of that order, they're going off in SEC play. They each have nine home runs in SEC action. And then when you look at Cooper McMurray, he is second in the conference in SEC games at slugging and on base percentage. So he has been feeling it in conference play. Check this stat out, though. This is very interesting. I mentioned how they don't like to walk. They strike out a good bit. When you look at Auburn's top 10 hitters, everybody in the top 10 has struck out more than they have walked. So on the flip side, right, when you look at LSU and you think of Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, uh, Beloso, Guys like that, uh, Gavin Dugas has a close strikeout-to-walk ratio. LSU, on the flip side, have guys that have walked more than they struck out, but not Auburn. No, they're getting up, and they are absolutely hacking. All top 10 of their hitters, the top 10 guys on the stat sheet, they have struck out more than they have walked this year, and some of them it's not even close. All right, moving on to the pitching staff. I can tell you one thing about their pitching staff. Left-handed pitcher Tommy Vale, he's going to start on Friday night. After that, flip a coin. I have no idea. They may not even know until they get to the ballpark. It's it is it's interesting when you look at their box scores because they're just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping that it sticks at this point. But Tommy Vale, the lefty, he went to Notre Dame. He went to TCU. And now somehow he ends up at Auburn. He's been rolling lately on the year, Vale. He is 4-1 and one in 10 games started with a 3.8 ERA, 47 and a third innings pitched, 28 hits. So really impressive right there. But he does have 34 walks with 58 Ks. His batting average against on the season is 174. So that's very impressive by Vale. In his last three SEC starts, Tommy Vale has a 1.08 ERA. So he has been rolling. He is averaging 10.91. Let's just call it 11 strikeouts per nine innings pitched in SEC play. That's in the top I think in the top five, obviously, Skeens is going to lead that category. But Vale is kind of a shorter guy. Um, 
He's 88 to 92. You know, he's not like Carter Holton from Vanderbilt who can run it up to 98. Holton's kind of short too. But Vale's 88 to 92. And in the highlights I've seen, he really gets a lot of strikeouts up in the zone with his fastball. So the LSU hitters are going to have to get him down in the zone. And here's one thing to watch out for. When left-handed pitchers miss, right, they miss to their arm side. So think up and away to a right-handed batter. I'm not sure if you noticed Griffin Herring was struggling with that a little bit last weekend against Alabama. He he actually threw a couple of fastballs to the backstop that Malazzo had to reach for. So it'll be really important for LSU's hitters to get Vail down in the strike zone and lay off that up and away fastball. As I told you after that, look, this is just my best guess in terms of who Auburn's going to start. On Saturday, hey, let's try uh, Christian Heberholz. He is 0-3 in six games started. 4.69 4.69 ERA, 40 in the third innings pitched, 45 hits, 37 Ks. He has a two, a 2.94 batting average against. Now look, when I release this podcast, it's going to be on Wednesday. So by the time the uh, if, if they don't have TBA pitching on Saturday and Sunday, some of these things may change. One thing Auburn does have, they have a lot of lefties. Another guy you could see start is freshman right-handed, excuse me, freshman left-handed pitcher Zach Crotchfeld. Six games started. He is 0-2 in the year, 6.09 ERA, 34 innings pitched, 23 walks, and 35 strikeouts for the freshman lefty. They have two other lefties that can flip-flop in the pen, or they can start as well. You have left-handed pitcher Tanner Bowman, 16 appearances, but only three games started, 3-1 and with a 6.27 ERA. Then you have left-handed pitcher Connor Copeland, four games started, 12 appearances for that young man. He is 3-1 with a, oh, by the way, 8.04 ERA. So I would imagine Vail's going to start on Friday. I feel confident in Heberholtz getting a start on Saturday or Sunday. But then after that, it's going to be probably a couple of those lefties, or you could see kind of their quote-unquote closer. I noticed he started some games this year, but I want to touch on Will Cannon. So Will Cannon is right-handed pitcher. He's more of a reliever, their uh, closer type of guy. He's got four saves on the year, 17 appearances. He has a 301 batting average against. Not really what you want to see out of one of your back end bullpen guys. Another guy uh, who I thought was going to do a lot better for Auburn this year for, based off the preview episode is another guy in the pen. He is right handed pitcher Chase Alsup. He has two saves in 26 innings pitched. He does have 31 Ks, though, so he's got some good stuff, but he is getting hit a lot. He is a 336 batting average against. So I would imagine, just like uh, I was when I was looking over these stats, their, their pitching staff is just not good. And you saw recently that Mississippi State fired their pitching coach this week. I'm not saying Auburn's pitching coach is going to get fired. I don't even know who it is. But um, that was one of my concerns for this team, and that's why I was so down on them. I just didn't see it. They didn't hit the portal hard at all. Um, their freshman class didn't get a ton of pub, and uh, I'm going to be honest. I just don't like Auburn in anything. When we played against them, I couldn't stand those guys. It was just something about that field, their fans, that team. I, hate, I hope they lose in everything. I just cannot. That is my least favorite SEC baseball team to play against, and uh, no matter what's going on now, the least favorite team, I just can't stand Auburn. All right, moving on. Let's get into the three keys to the weekend for the Tigers. The first one. Win Friday night. Yeah, no doubt, Chris. We're, we got skeins. We're going to win Friday night. Now, this is what I mean, okay? Don't forget, 
they almost swept South Carolina. South Carolina had to come back in game three to avoid a sweep at home. The almighty South Carolina, okay? And I predicted South Carolina to sweep Auburn, actually. So they've had a week off. They've had a chance to rest. They uh, had a chance to get anybody healthy. All their pitchers are feeling great. They have a lot of momentum playing at home with the number one team in the country coming into town looking to duplicate another upset series victory for Auburn. And that's why I say they got a LSU needs to win Friday night. Okay. They need to take the air out of that stadium. From what I remember, it's not super tough place to play. Now, don't forget, they have a quirky stadium where they got that mini monster out there in left field. But left-handed pitcher Tommy Vale has been throwing the ball really well for Auburn. He's going to tow that rubber with a ton of confidence. I'm sure his, his teammates have a lot of confidence in that young man as well. The key for LSU, and we've talked about it, if you missed the uh, LSU versus Alabama live stream review episode, me, Patrick Coogan, and Matthew Musso really did a kind of a deep dive into pitch counts for Paul Skeens and some of these other pitchers to where we'd really like to see Paul Skeens. He could throw 109 pitches, but man, if he could extend, get into the eighth or go seven complete, you know, have some quick innings and maybe Auburn's that team to do it with how aggressive they are. They don't like to walk. You know, hopefully they're not going to try to drive up his pitch count. They are aggressive by nature, but I think LSU needs to set the tone early on the road Friday, jump out to a big lead, kind of squash some of that emotion uh, that they're going to have behind Vail and having the number one team come into um, come into the Plains. And I would just love to see some early outs by Paul Skeens, right? Maybe a uh, capper off the bat, a couple of pop-ups on first pitch sliders. You know, maybe somebody um, gets jammed on a fastball and they hit a ground ball to do guys, something like that. But my first key is LSU needs to take the Friday night game for obvious reasons. The second key to the weekend, you cannot let Bryson Ware and Cooper McMurray beat you. You cannot let those guys go off this weekend. On the scouting report, I would highlight Ware, McMurray. Throw that font up there. Put it on the whiteboard, whatever you got to do. But I'm saying we cannot let these two dudes beat us, okay? Remember, they're only hitting 253 in SEC play. They don't hit great in conference games. They don't score a ton of runs. Okay, I did the math. They're averaging six runs per game in SEC play. On the flip side, LSU is averaging 8.75, call it nine. All right? If other guys in that lineup beat you, Ike Irish, uh, Bobby Pierce, you know, say um, Cole Foster has a really good weekend. Look, you tip their hat and you move on. But they're going to have trouble driving and runs as long as you don't let Ware and McMurray beat you. Remember, those two guys each have nine home runs just in SEC play alone, which is top uh, 10 or 15 in the conference right now. So don't let those two guys beat you. The third key to the weekend, obviously I just went over Auburn's pitching staff. They're not good at all. Their stats are uh, very, very high. Just because they threw well last weekend doesn't mean they're – really, really good, right? They are who they are at this point in the year. Just like I would say, look, LSU's pitchers, they are what they are at this point. Look, they have a team ERA of six and some change in SEC competition, all right? Auburn's team ERA in SEC play is uh, it is 7.47, okay? So that was one weekend in Columbia, South Carolina. I would say Continue to stick to your plan. Look, they're going to do that anyway. They don't need to hear that from me, obviously, if anybody listens to the pod over there. But this is the weekend where it's okay to get in their pen. They have a ton of lefties, as I just mentioned. 
you know, they have Crotchfelt, they have Bowman, they have Copeland out the pin. But this isn't Alton Davis the second and Hunter Furtado from Alabama to where those guys were 94 to 97. And those guys have immense talent. Okay. The lefties coming out the pin isn't what Bama had. So get in that pin. Look, let those guys continue to walk the most amount of hitters per nine innings in the SEC. They're not going to strike you out a ton. There's no reason to divert and go back to an Ole Miss weekend where you were having double-digit strikeouts almost every game. So hitters, stick to your plan. Drive up those pitch counts. We know you're going to try to win the free base war. And if LSU's hitters can do that, they should be just fine, okay? Win a Friday night, first key. Don't let Cooper and McMurray – excuse me, Ware and McMurray beat you, second key. And finally, just let Auburn's pitchers be who they are. They're not great. Just continue to let them not be great, okay? All right, who is going to make the get right, stay right list this weekend here on the 60 Feet, 6 Inches LSU podcast? Well, my first guy, I thought about it yesterday while I was doing uh, doing some work and I was traveling. He already seemed like he started to get right. The first guy on the get right list is Gavin Dugas. He goes off against Southeastern 3-for-3 three three with a home run. But Dugas last weekend, look, I still think uh, maybe last night was an indication that he is recovering from injury. He feels a lot better. Uh, before that, uh, Ole Miss and Alabama, I just thought he was still a little hurt with that shoulder. Against Bama, look, it wasn't a great weekend for Dugas. He went one for 10. So I would love to see Gavin Dugas get right. He is oh so important on the top of that lineup. We know he's going to take walks. We know he's going to get hit by pitch. It just seems like he's been striking out a little more than he was pre-injury. Gavin Dugas, get right. Also on the get right list, Trey Morgan. So when I put Trey down, then I started doing some digging. I felt like I had to find somebody else. But I'm going to leave him on the list, almost a mini get right. He went off against Southeastern last night as well as he goes three for five. Against Bama, he did a little better than I thought. He was three for 10, so that's 300. But why, why have him on the get-right list where it's if, say, Dugas struggles again, Trey Morgan is so important to that lineup as he hits before Cruz and White. It's just important for him. He gets hit the second most amount of times on the team besides Gavin Dugas. So huge for Morgan to continue to have good ABs. Look, he could have a field day. As he likes to go opposite field, he could bang some balls off that left field wall and just have three or four doubles this weekend. That would be phenomenal. But uh, Morgan hasn't been bad. Look, he's been really consistent. I just think if Dugas struggles, Trey Morgan getting right would be huge for the Tigers this weekend. And then finally on the get right list is Braden Jobert, over five last weekend against Alabama. When you look at his stats, he's scuffling just in terms of getting on base. He has the lowest on base percentage. When you look at LSU's top 12 hitters, Joe Bear is only getting on base at a 383 clip. So, but he's done some really important things for LSU later in games. Um, I think against Kentucky, he had a big time single in that game where he made that error when he overran that fly ball. Well, I guess they called it a hit. Um, Ole Miss, he uh, extended an inning in the ninth inning as he got hit by a pitch, I think before the Travinsky home run. So, Joe Bear's done some really good jobs on the back end of that lineup. I would just like to see him get on base. Also, I think he's been a really big victim of the shift this year. As teams put more infielders on the right side of play, and he just feels like he crushes balls. They're just right at people. So, Brayden Joe Bear, I would love to see you get right this weekend. On the stay right, the first up, I talked about how important it is for LSU to win Friday night, but Paul Skeens is on the stay right list. Okay, look, he's still dealing, but – as we talked about on the live stream, 
Ole Miss, six innings pitched, 117 pitches. Bama, six innings pitched, 109 pitches. Okay. I would love for him to, like I mentioned, be able to get into the seventh or God, if he threw seven and a third, that would be amazing. As he can save that bullpen, as he can look, he can still throw 110 pitches, but just a little more efficient, right? Instead of getting 0-2 and then it's 3-2, and then they foul off a couple pitches. Let's go 0-2 to 1-2 to a strikeout. All right, let's do that. Let's not miss so big with the slider or some of the other pitches. Look, I know he's not trying to, and he's been amazing this year for LSU. What a pickup in the transfer portal. The best pitcher in the country. But we got to have Paul Skeens continue to stay right. Malazzo and Travinsky, they've been amazing since Brady Neal has gotten injured. Last weekend combined, those two dudes, four for nine versus Bama with six RBIs and the massive Travinsky home run. Last night, Travinsky against Southeastern. It's continued to pick up where he left off against Bama. He went one for three against the Lions. I just want to continue to see the production up. Malazzo has had a great year, right? You've seen him bunt. He's probably the best bunter on the team. He's going to do whatever is asked. The strikeouts are way down, singles, doubles. And then obviously Travinsky with his two-strike approach against Ole Miss and then against Alabama, hitting those two massive home runs. So, And it seems like he is full of confidence right now. So Malazzo and Travinsky, y'all continue to stay right. And then finally on the stay right list, Javen Coleman. So I think I've seen enough of Coleman to where I think they're obviously, in my opinion, they're trying to stretch him out to where he could potentially start a game in the regionals or super regional time frame. And he was big last weekend against Alabama. Two and a third innings pitched with three walks and six Ks. He threw 41 pitches against Alabama. So I would imagine uh, he's going to be up to that 50 pitch mark this weekend, maybe 55. I don't know if they'll push him that far. I know you think it's only five pitches, but what's the point if it's only five more pitches, you know, just might as well shut it down. It's probably not going to make that big of a difference, but I would love to continue to see Javen Coleman stay right. I think uh, if he follows Ty Floyd, I like that combination, right? Floyd's going to be 94 to 97 from the right. And then you bring in Coleman, who's 92 to 95, and that slider continues to get better. He could be massive for LSU down the stretch. So get right. Dugas, Morgan, and Joe Bear, stay right. Skeens, the catchers, Malazzo and Travinsky, and then finally Javen Coleman. All right, wrapping up here on the 60 feet, 6 inches LSU pod as it's time for my series prediction versus the Auburn Tigers. I know they had a great weekend last weekend against South Carolina, and that's awesome. Everybody can have a great weekend, right? Just ask Georgia as they swept Arkansas a couple weekends ago, but then they go to Ole Miss and they can't get it done. And then off the back of that sweep, Arkansas sweeps A&M, okay? So one weekend doesn't mean you're there. It doesn't mean you're amazing, right? So I think LSU has the potential to go in there and get two out of three for sure. But then they could be looking at a sweep if they do things the right way, okay? I think um, it's going to be weird with Arkansas having that big wall in left field, almost a mini Fenway monster. So how does Trey Morgan adjust to that as he's been playing left field? And if, if he doesn't play that ball right, what could be a – he could play it into a single – or if it takes a kick, that sucker could be a triple. So it's going to be interesting to see how um, how many reps. He's going to get a ton of reps on that wall on Thursday, I promise. When LSU goes to hit batting practice over there, okay, he'll probably be out there for 30 minutes just checking on bounces. Obviously, it's going to be important for Cruz to rush over there and back up Morgan. And I'm sure you're going to see Thompson 
any ball out to left field, Thompson's going to push way out as well, just depending on that kickback. Another thing, look, I don't think Auburn's pitchers can hold down LSU's hitters, okay? I think Tommy Vale is the key for those guys. But if LSU can get to Vale or not let him go six innings, then I think LSU gets in that pen, and it's just not a great pen as their statistics show. And they're going to have to piecemeal Saturday and Sunday together, almost like LSU has done, but just they just don't have the arms to really compete with LSU's um, with LSU's lineup. Got to hold Ware and McMurray down if you're the LSU pitching staff. And I just think continue the Tigers continue to keep it rolling. It all forms or fashion of the lineup. And I think at the end, Look, I've predicted LSU to sweep before, and I've gotten burned, but I'm going to stick with what I've done the past two weekends. I think the Tigers take two out of three, use a little reverse psychology, and then LSU hopefully sweeps. But I'm calling for a two out of three for LSU, the good Tigers, to take two out of three on the road in the Plains against the bad Tigers. So that's going to do it for this week's preview of the LSU versus Auburn series here on the 60 Feet 6 Inches pod. Remember, you can catch this podcast all major audio platforms. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channels. I'll be pushing out a bunch of different content. And then finally, interact with me on Twitter at 60FT6IMLSUPOD. Also, be on the lookout for the Auburn Review podcast. I don't know if I'm going to go back to a live stream or just do it by myself, but great interaction on the live stream last time as we set a new high with in terms of people tuning in. So I think... Uh, Getting those special guests, sometimes you probably get tired of hearing me, but the special guests are the key to that episode. So thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, y'all stay safe, and as always, go Tigers.